What's up, everybody? Welcome back into another edition of SSPN Live. Unfortunately, the Spurs are on a three-game losing streak, Ethan. But, you know, there's still some positives in there to see. So I'm just going to dish it to you to kind of do a recap of this Denver Nuggets game that happened yesterday. 126-101, to 101, I believe, was the final score. Um, yeah. I saw both Keldon and Devin did get into double figures. I wasn't able to watch it because my hat i'll just mm. leave it at that so because this is a spurs yes. show but it was a great day for me yesterday um but anyways uh i saw you know devin still on that 25 minute you know restriction but still went four for six from three was able to put up 20 uh keldon got back to doing keldon things just had an off night the other night which is eventually going to happen when you're taking the amount of shots that he is um i mean like not to compare him to trey young but like you know, even Trey Young or whoever these guys, Steph, everybody has a bad shooting night, you know, here and here and then. So it was good to see him get back on track four for seven from three, um, you know. But other than that, I saw Bones Highland went off for uh, the, the Nuggets on top of Jokic doing Jokic things back to back to back MVP. So um, what was kind of your takeaways? I know you watched the game last night. I know Malachi started as well. It didn't look that great on the box score, but but just give me all those different angles. What were your takeaways from the Denver game last night? The loss could be chalked up to Denver's a way better team, more experienced. And then to make it worse, they were just hitting from everywhere, Jude. I mean, 61% basically from the field. Yeah, 52% almost from three-point land. And sure, the Spurs had some defensive lapses, but a lot of that was just really tough shot making from Michael Porter Jr., Bones Highland, Jamal Jamal Murray early on was getting going. Uh, kind of posting up Trey Jones. And then you have a back-to-back MVP in Nikola Jokic, who only shot the ball 10 times, but still made 90% of his shots. <laughs> 21 course, still. Yeah, being a playmaker, 10 assists, 6 rebounds. I mean, this team is for real this year. I know we've been saying that about Denver the past couple of years, but now they're fully healthy. Right. Aaron Gordon's like their fourth option. and He played pretty well last night as well, just being a, an athletic slasher for the most part, getting boards. You know, offensive put And then you add in Bones and DeAndre Jordan. Yeah. Like MPJ is just going to keep getting better and better too at 6'10". So exactly. Versatile. So this was really Denver being a great team, more so than the Spurs being a bad team. They um, got Christian Braun off the bench too. Sorry to interrupt yeah. you. And Bruce oh, Brown. Good. I'm forgetting mm-hmm. about all these people. But like Christian Braun it didn't have the greatest night in the game against them. But like that's a, that's a solid pickup for them just as an off-ball player. He was solid at Kansas. And Contavious Caldwell-Pope who for some reason always gets going against the Spurs. Thankfully, he only had 12 points, but plus 16, very efficient night, five for six from him. You know, they're a really good team defensively. Perimeter defenders are just like there's a million of them, and DeAndre Jordan kind of gives them that rim protector that Nikola Jokic Mm -hmm. isn't necessarily. Um, But that's enough about Denver. This is about the Spurs. Um, Keldon and Devin played great. I think this is going to be the story of the season. They get about 20, 25 points a game. Um, but we're just we don't have the talent around them enough at this point to beat teams like Denver. We can catch some guys that are sleeping, like Philly, um, like the Minnesota Timberwolves, or who you think Early are a little bit overrated. Yeah, and I'm sure we'll get a few more of those wins down the stretch as we continue to build this chemistry and everything gets flowing. Um, but I really think that the biggest thing to take away from this is we really need a playmaker off the bench. Um, Losing Josh Primo was big, and we're not going to get into all of his allegations and whatnot because we're going to let that kind of, you know, finalize before we talk about it. But losing him as a player was huge. Then Blake Wesley showed up for two games, played terrific. Yeah, we were like, okay, maybe we're not going to miss him all that much. Maybe Blake Wesley is a little more NBA ready than we thought. He goes down for six to eight weeks. 
You mentioned Malachi Branham kind of being in that starting lineup for now. Perhaps he is a little bit better of a playmaker. Maybe when Devin's ready to move into the starting lineup, he can try and fill those shoes next to Josh Richardson. Um, but that's definitely a thing that's missing. And and we don't really have a guy that can defend a Bones Highland, a, a shifty playmaker that's a point guard, a natural point guard. Six off the for bench. eight, dude. That's crazy. Yeah. That that was that was to me the most glaring deficiency in our team. Um, Jakob looked aggressive, so that was nice. Trey Jones had a, an off game as far as scoring the ball, but when you're being guarded by Jamal Murray, Contavious Caldwell Pope, Bones Highland, you know they they just have found a way a, to get seven assists too. Yeah, Bruce Brown from time to time, like he he was really the guy they kind of honed in on, as well as uh, Jakob. It felt well, actually not even Jakob. Mostly just Trey Jones. And then they were like, okay, if Kelton and Devin can beat us, so be it. But we know the rest of the team isn't. Um, and so when guys like Josh Richardson don't get to double digits, Doug McDermott mm-hmm. only gets one point off the bench, it's going to be a struggle. Um, yeah. So w- when our bench guys like that, our role players aren't, aren't getting going, aren't hitting open shots, it's going to be a tough time. Yeah, that, that makes complete sense. Um, just kind of talking about this losing skid, um, what are some other things that you've kind of seen during this? I know the Toronto game, it's kind of tough to evaluate that one, but at least with, with the Clippers and this Nuggets game, were there any like parallels that you kind of saw while you were watching these two that kind of maybe led to some of like led to the losses? I think it's just, they're forcing our role players to try and beat us. You know, they're like, okay, we'll let Devin and Keldon do what they do. You know, they're young budding stars, but yep. Devin's on a minutes restriction you know, Keldon's a very solid player, but how much can he do by himself? Can he really be a loaded Clippers roster where they have such tremendous depth? And then Denver as well, like we saw last night, they have incredible depth. Can Josh Richardson score 20 a night? Can Doug McDermott get to that 15 mark? And if they can't, which they're really not letting them shoot anymore, I don't know if anybody else has noticed, they're really closing out and running them off the three-point line. And that's really smart, dude, because eventually the ball's going to get into somebody's hands like a young guy. Mm-hmm. And they're probably going to make a mistake. And that's just young. That's what young people do. I'm not giving them excuses. But when you have an inexperienced team like we do, right. that's been injury plagued. We haven't really had consistency with the rotation. Chemistry has kind of taken a dip since those first couple of wins. It feels uh-huh. like, um, you know, turnovers are going to happen. We're going to we're not going to get back in transition. You know, things like that are going to happen. So that feels like the game plan. And then this is also going to be one of those things we continue to harp on rebounding out rebounded 47 to 28 against Denver. That can't happen. We need, I don't know what the answer is, what the solution is. Sohan needs to get better at getting rebounds. He only had two. Jakob should be a consistent 10 rebounds a game. Uh, oh yeah, Langford's defense, Connor. I didn't even think about that. We really could have used Romeo as well. I don't think he would have helped us win necessarily, but it would have been a, maybe a closer game as far as maybe stopping a Jamal Murray or getting under Contavious Caldwell Pope, even MPJ. You never know, but... Yeah, our role players need to step up, but I don't even think you can say that because this is just what we are. I don't think like there's a, like a solution to win well, more games. And, and and while you're talking, I'm kind of thinking about it too. Like it's the same stuff that you were talking about in the Denver game that kind of hurt us in the Clippers game too, because mm-hmm. we don't really have a playmaker off the bench right now. And what was kind of the the issue there? Turnovers was an issue, and a lot of that had to come from Jay Rich. Right. Uh-huh. Who we talked about last time is we kind of feel like is better in that kind of off ball shooter role, which sometimes allows him to play make better. But it's like when it's he can do it better when it's not like his main thing. 
And I know that may sound weird, but but you get exactly what I'm saying there. Um, Another thing I just wanted to pick your brain on uh, after last night. I know Zach Collins was out, but Isaiah Roby played. Um, What were kind of, did they play him at the five? I saw Gorgie played too. How did they kind of run rotations and and how did Isaiah Roby look coming back? I know not the craziest, not on the stat sheet, but. Yeah, he looked all right. I mean, they were just playing tremendous defense, and so he didn't really have an opportunity to get going. Like I saw three. he only shot one three. Yeah, they were chasing everybody off the three-point line pretty well, plus our shots just weren't falling in general. Um, I, I'm not ready to judge him based on this game. I don't think he played poorly. It just it wasn't a good a good night did, to judge a guy coming back. Did he play at the five, though? Like, what did the rotations look like? Or did I they don't play think so. Gorgie came in. Gorgie okay. played the five, yeah, for the most part. Um, or they played him next to Jakob, I believe. I, I, I the fourth quarter rotated, rotated, sorry, rotated, rotated mm-hmm. uh, Kieda Bates in too. So I was just kind of curious how that bench lineup looked. It didn't look great. <laughs> it didn't. Well, look I great. mean, like, like just straight up the rotations. Oh, okay. Like, uh, like, like who came in and stuff. It was That's Devin. What Devin came in. They played Kelvin and Devin together uh-huh. more this time than they did uh-huh. against the Clippers. So it was like Devin, Gorgie at the five, Kieda and Doug, and then they would bring in. You know, I can't even remember off the top of my head. I think Roby, Roby and Kate are pretty much like swapped. That's and that that's what they've been doing kind of throughout the season with those yeah. two guys. So, yeah, and then Jay Rich, of course, as well. I think Adrian makes a good point here for those listening on podcast. Adrian says no, yeah. none of the players have team chemistry, so time off seems to be hurting them. If they go too long not playing together, days off hurt. Mm-hmm. I completely agree because like it was like night and day when yeah. Devin got hurt and there were people like after the Toronto game, it's just been like, okay, we're trying to get back in that rhythm that we were in before the Toronto game. So I think that's a great point there by Adrian. Okay, let's go ahead and look at this slate moving forward because I know it's still going to be tough. Um, but we'll go ahead. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Go ahead and preview the week for you guys. So I know we'll have Monday. L- listen to this. This is just a great week for the Spurs. Oh. You get Denver on Monday, first game against Memphis on Wednesday, and then you get Milwaukee on Friday. <laughs> I don't think we're going to win any of those games, Jude. Yeah, I, I think it's just going to be tough. I think I th- I'll say this. I think if we're going to win one, it'll be Memphis. We could catch them slipping. But I don't. Any. I don't think that is not me. That's saying if we're going to win one. Yeah. I, I am still with you. I think it's 0-3, but if we are going to pull one out, I, I'm just interested to see. I think that we'll match up better size-wise against them this time. Don't get me wrong. Jaron Jackson Jr., if he plays, I don't know. He's been hurt a lot. He may be completely healthy yeah. right now, um, but if he he's there, I haven't really looked into that. I just know that he's injury-prone. But anyways, that's a whole other topic. Um, just like Sohan is going to have some rookie moments against Jaron Jackson Jr. for sure. Um, and you know, obviously he has a height advantage and stuff too, but I think our switchability and stuff, I think we'll be able to match up better with the Grizzlies this season than we did last year. Granted, you can also argue we have less talent on the team this year. So, you know, there, there's kind of a trade-off there. Um, mm. 
but I know I know we're really I don't want to just say that, but you know. I'm curious. We have less experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm curious how we're gonna defend Jaw, because last year it was very DeJounte versus Jaw, you know, and they matched up well, size, you know, physicality, speed, everything. But this year, Trey's a little small, and I would say not athletic enough to keep up with Jaw. Nobody really is, but you know what I'm saying. I'm just glad Keldon isn't playing the four anymore against him. Like, I think that's going to be a big help. That's my, this is my question. Is Devin's fully healthy? You think they let him guard Jaw and move Trey to guard like uh, Desmond Bain? Or do you? I think they'll switch. At times, though, they let Sohan guard the primary ball handler. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe they'll put him on. Jo- I, I'm. I, I, you're asking me this question, and I honestly, I don't know. I'm just saying. <laughs> no, I'm not asking you. Like, no. what do you like? It's just it's something to keep your eye on. I'm, I'm curious to see how we're gonna defend that, that because have we? I think that's a great any- point because yeah. it it we've definitely mixed it up, and Pop likes to throw stuff out there. Um, so I think it'll, and we've been a, a lot more switchable. So I think it's going to be really interesting to see how we play Ja. I think you brought up a great point because I think they may just be like, let's throw Trey Jones on Desmond Bain. Like Desmond Bain can make some plays, but obviously he's more of an off-ball shooter. So it's mm-hmm. like, you know, that's, yes, he's taller than Trey, but that's still like, Trey has less of a chance to get beat off the dribble against Desmond yeah. Bain, where you might want to put Devin, somebody like Devin on him, who just has some extra length and can cause a little bit more problems. Um, I like that idea, but also like like you've mentioned, I mean, Sohan, um, they've had him guard the primary ball handler sometimes. But honestly, with you, I, I think that um, Trey Jones will just guard Jaw and they'll just switch. Mm. I really think so. Be interesting to see, but. I could be proven wrong. It might be mm-hmm. Sohan out there. Who knows? Maybe they put Keldon on him. Um, well, yeah. Romeo might be back by that point too. How, how long is his injury actually? I don't actually remember. Yeah. Well, so Romeo was in a boot in the Toronto So he's probably game, not For back. the Friday game. It was one of those two games this week. So yeah, I think it's going to be a little bit for him. They said it was something with his toe. So what that tells me if he's got a boot on is he's got something close to a, uh, what's the word? Um, close to a broken toe i would say so mm-hmm. and if it's not it's kind of like blake wesley where it's like a grade three toast yeah <laughs> toast <laughs> where where you i know where you know it's it's like basically a tear broken or something but yeah yeah he was in a boot so i was like damn mm. well in other news sohan i thought he played decently well in the past couple games you know his stats are never gonna blow you away because he's offensively not fine-tuned as of yet uh sean elliott said on the on the was it which was two games ago uh was it toronto or clippers it's clippers game it's clippers game because i think he missed like oh for three or something like that from three-point land they were really giving him open shots and but he was still taking them confidently Mm -hmm. and sean elliott was like this is going to be his jump shot for the year i'm not worried about it it's going to take that first off season right to really fix that jump. i heard that too that was a great yeah that's just something we need to be like cognitive of cognitive of throughout this year, because he's not going to suddenly go 40% from three point land. That's just not his game. But what I do like about Sohan is he's able to create off the dribble as a power forward, which is rare. Um, He and Jakob have pretty good chemistry as far as, you know, playing that two man game, high, low action. I like to see that he's making great basketball plays. He just needs to let the game slow down for him. Um, 
and really, you know, feel more comfortable. But that's going to take at least a season for him because defensively, he's already there, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. He's already NBA level defender. That's what we drafted him for. He's doing that. So let's just give him time offensively. And then, and then Branham, he's played about as well as you could have expected to because I very much doubt he or anybody else on the team expected him to play as a starter. He probably thought he was going to be in Austin. Yeah. And I'm sure everybody else did on the team, the coaching staff, because who knew everything was going to go down with Primo and then everything go down with uh, Blake Wesley. So he's right. been thrust into this position. I know he missed all of his threes last game, but his shot still looks good. He's aggressive. He doesn't look that lost. <laughs> so and defensively, he's giving it everything he has. So I'd look to see him consistently improve as well. There was another thing. I'm forgetting it right now. I don't know why, but I'm going to go to the comments and see if I can remember it later. Mm-hmm. But uh, our man Aaron asked, can we slow down the Bucks like we did the Timberwolves? And I, I understand where he's coming from just with the size aspect. But I, I just think that the Bucks are way better than the Timberwolves, and yeah. so and and it's just going to be real tough. Giannis is going to do what he's going to do. Um, you know, maybe we can slow down some of their other players. But the other thing to keep in mind is Chris Middleton is kind of up in the air too, and he's supposed to come back like not super into the seat, like kind of around this time. Yeah, um, uh, he may also not play Friday, but they said he's going to come back. You know, relatively near the beginning of the season, kind of going into the year. So mm-hmm. that's another thing, because if he comes back, then it's going to be real tough. Yeah. And obviously he'll still be in rhythm, but he's still Chris Middleton. Like, mm-hmm. and he's, he's, you know, in that offense, he's going to shoot the lights out of the ball. And it's, and it's coach, but bud, like, that's the yeah. other thing, you know, he's got the wheezy plug, you know, he's just going to know all the plays. Um, and that's why he really picked him up. Yeah. <laughs> it, it'll, it'll, it'll be interesting. To no, watch but like, sure. seriously, coach bud, you know, it, yeah. he knows, and not only is he probably, you know, well, he is the most successful kind of Popovich protege that's come out, you know, getting a championship with the Bucks. But um, if you count Steve Kerr, then Steve Kerr. Oh, that's true. That's true. I can't believe that. Yeah, he was you a really, player to coach, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. And he was, I guess, if you were an assistant under Pop, yeah. we'll, we'll say Steve's the exception, Asterisk. obviously. Right, right. Um, he's, you know, kind of been the most successful guy. Um, and so... It, He's going to find some, he is not like, I mean, not to say that other coaches are disrespecting the Spurs, but he is going to really respect what the Spurs have done well this year. And he's like, you know, him and Pop are like this and he literally learned from him. So it's like, you give him more talent. He's got the inside scoop. It's going to be tough. Kind of like I said earlier, but I I like what our man Connor says. Giannis will be the acid test for so Yeah, that's for sure. (laughs) It'll be, you know, he's going to learn a lot from that game. That's the mm-hmm. thing. Like all these games, they're, they're all these young guys are going to learn a lot of stuff. Uh, but going back to Sohan, this is what it was. I, I t- said I forgot something. This kind of goes back to Adrian's point. I think that also like him taking games off, it was like he was getting in rhythm in his jumper. And now it's like he has to get back in rhythm in the, mm-hmm. it, with the offense and, and with his jumper. So, yeah, what you said about Sean is really key. But I think also him having the flu. Plus just, you know, all the injuries and stuff like that. Um, I think that's affected that a little bit as well. Cause it really felt like he was getting in rhythm. I want to say he had two straight games back to back where he was two for four from three. Mm-hmm. He was one for one last night, technically. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. So fingers crossed. Hopefully that's <laughs> we're, we're starting another momentum builder. Right. We'll have to and and really the key point is like Sean said on the broadcast, like he's gonna have to have a full off season to really like correct his shot. You can't do that mid season. So 
Yeah, yeah. But his mid-range jumper looks pretty nice. Like he mm-hmm. had a couple turnaround, you know, fadeaways, and yeah, it, it looked it looks sweet, looks smooth, looked comfortable. Um, our man Romeo's shot looked like it changed too. I know he made one the other night, and he's going to be injured. Um, and he's also missed some throughout the year. He's only made one throughout the year, but his shot looks different than it did last year. So you know, I don't. That's not me saying Romeo's going to be a sniper or anything, but that's just me saying that like. In an off season, you can change your form and maybe give yourself a little bit better of a chance um, yeah. to make some of those shots. Eric Piscina in the chat. We appreciate you, my guy. What is up? Hope you're having a great Sunday night. Um, we were just kind of previewing the slate here. Once again, Denver on Monday, Mil- uh, Milwaukee on Friday, and Memphis on Wednesday. Just another tough slate. And then guess who we have on Monday after that? Golden State. And then Portland's had a great start to the year. And you have them again on Tuesday. Drew Eubanks um, revenge game. Oh my gosh. He put to put Zach on a Bro. poster. <laughs> if he, that's what I was thinking. I was like, dude, if you poster Zach, I'd be so sad. That was another thing. Okay. So going back to last night's game with Zach's absence, did you kind of see? Okay. Which is a good thing because you were yep. talking about rebounding, right? And the thing is, at the beginning of the year, it was like, we need him to be more of a presence rebounding. And then he kind of started to do that. And so it's good to see that, like, with, with his absence being out, like, you noticed it because. That's just what we want from Zach as in his role off the bench. You just want him to be an impact player, kind of be that mean dude who can be super versatile uh, in a lot of different ways as a big man. Mm, absolutely. Interesting question from Connor here. Do you guys think we can trade Jakob for Wiseman? Hmm. That is that is a very interesting question because I feel like Jakob's stock has rose um, you know, throughout these first 10 games of the season for the Spurs. I don't think really that uh, it just doesn't feel like you can trade Jakob for a number one pick without giving up something else. Um, I think we could make this move happen for sure, but we'd have to give up probably way too much. Yeah, I feel like they would want some draft capital and probably probably also our two other role players in, like uh, Doug uh, yeah. and Josh Richardson or maybe even a Malachi. Like just yeah, throwing a young guy. Right, right. Um, but but I but I like the thinking there because Jakob's trade value is definitely going up. Um, and I know I don't even, I haven't really been watching Wiseman too much. I think he's looked solid, but you know, I feel like it's kind of hard for him to showcase much on the warriors. Um, I'll be, I know a lot of people would say like, Oh, it would make it easier. There's more talent. But like when you're playing with those type of guys and those type of egos, like there's only so many shots to go around like clay, yeah. Steph, Steph and, and Jordan Poole are going to take like 65% of the shots for them. It feels like mm. so. Yeah. yeah. It, it, and after that point, you've got all the other role players. Clay Wiggins. And they play so much outside. Yeah. And I, okay. Not actually retract that statement. <laughs> Jordan yeah. Poole and Steph and like, and, and Wiggins too with Clay. That'll probably be like 85% of the shots, honestly. But yeah. Anyways, um, it's just kind of like in, in the offense that they play too, where it's so perimeter centric. It's like really they need they need somebody like a Jakob. So I get why Connor was thinking that for sure. Hmm. Yeah, I say Eric was talking about Basie. He looked really good in his Austin Spurs this debut. Is... I wish we would bring him up, especially if Zach's not going to be playing right. next game. Right. Just throw him in, see what's going to happen. I mean, he's a physical guy. Obviously, has some talent. Let him he's play against least, the best. He's had it. So he had thirty three and like fourteen in the first game. And then mm-hmm. last night he had like twenty and fourteen. Yeah, 
so he's like, like three blocks yeah like yeah right right so i mean 20 and 10 from him every game in the g league so far um so that's something to keep an eye on especially um i saw jordan hall got five minutes last night was that just the best part of the game best part of the game <laughs> best part of my life i love watching jordan hall play no oh, i mean my gosh I'm wondering, so so that's the the reason I brought that up, actually, is because it's like, do you, like, switch them somehow? Do you, is there a way that we can, like, cut both of them and, like, or no, or, like, I mean, I don't know how you would do it, but, like, basically move, move Jordan Hall back to a two-way and mm. put Charles Basie on, like, an NBA contract, you know? The only thing is, is we already have three centers on the NBA contract, so actually... I think that that's I, there lies the issue, I guess. And and I think honestly, with the Spurs this year, it's like, why would we move like Basie up like at this point of the season when yeah. you can play Isaiah Roby and Gorky? Yeah, I think it's just about depth at the guard position, which is hilarious because like a two years ago we had <laughs> right. nothing but guards. You know, <laughs> we can't find any. So yeah. Okay. Here's an interesting question from our man, Eric. On the real, is there a young piece you would trade for or just mm. picks at this point? I don't know. I have to think about that for a second. Yeah. I feel like if we're going to trade for a young piece, it really has to be like kind of that third cornerstone. If you, you know, look, there's a lot of basketball to be played, but as of right now, it seems like Devin and Keldon are, you know, two guys that we want to, you know, run our offense through moving forward, right? As of right mm-hmm. now. Well, who knows what the draft and how the rest of the season plays out. So I feel like if you want to get another young piece, you got to get somebody, not necessarily who has to compliment them, but you've got to get somebody who's like at their caliber. You know what I mean? To really like build a core around, like to try to start to win some games. Because if you have somebody else that can make shots like them, the Spurs would be even more competitive you know they probably would have won the clippers game they might have still lost this denver game but you you kind of get what i'm saying here like that would kind of put them over the top in some of these games where you were talking about earlier like they have to rely on the bench like if the bench has a bad game it's wraps where like if clay's not shooting well or even steph's having an off night jordan Poole can go crazy you see what i'm saying like they need somebody else who can whether that's in the post it doesn't really matter the position but somebody else who can get 20 points you know yeah. Or, or close to it consistently. Yeah. I mean, this question is a little confusing because is it just like like fantasy world? Like any young piece? Because I'll, I'll take any young piece. But if this is like that are legitimately available, that we I could think that's that's probably what he's leaning more towards is something that would we could legitimately try to do. And this is all fun stuff because the Spurs probably yeah. won't make too many trades this year. Or if they do, it's going to be centered around, you know, role players for picks, I'd imagine. You know, yeah. maybe we'll be proven wrong. Um, but yeah, I, I would say it's probably like one of a more realistic one, which is why this is, I think, kind of an interesting question. It's making me, making yeah. my brain work a little bit. Cause like, I don't think that there's one available that would be a difference maker. Like you're saying, as far as getting, being like a 20 point per game score, like yeah. I see M A Z in the comments saying Kuminga for him. Like I would love Kuminga, but he's, there's no way the Warriors would ever part ways with Kuminga. Uh, Scotty Barnes is another one. Like, but there's no way that they would ever trade Scotty Barnes. Bull, bull, <laughs> bull, bull. You know, I uh, on the Magic, I would like uh, the the guy on the Magic. Um, as far he'd be a role player, but the what's his name, Jonathan Isaac, I think would be mm-hmm. a great addition. I know he's not necessarily like the thing super is, young. is, it's just he's super so injury prone. Right, right. Yeah, but he's somebody we could potentially get that I think would fit our our like 
next to Trey, yeah, next to our other guys that is a defensive minded, you know, four, um, four slash five, even he thinks like six eleven, but he can play three through five. And then Connor another guy's Matisse Thibault could be a good one. Yeah, I like Matisse, and he's kind of suffering in Philly right now. I don't think he's getting any minutes. And the other one I thought of was the guy in OKC. Uh, they hit that dagger against Houston back in back in back a while. Um, hmm. You're not talking about Shea. No, Lou Dort. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lou Just Dort. as a role player, I, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think there's any superstars or stars that are going to be on the trade market. At least not right now. So. Yeah. I'm just trying to think of like a young player with potential who's not necessarily like a star yet, but you know, what's his name? Uh, I mean, he's being played right now, but your boy over in Brooklyn. Oh, Cam Thomas. Yeah. Since, since right. Steve Nash no, no, no. is being fired, he's gone off for the past. Yeah. Couple games, and he's so. played really well. He's been like, I, I want to say that it was like, since he's been on the floor, he's been plus 39 for the yeah. Nets. That's he's actually, there you go. I should have looked at my hat. That's actually, that would be somebody that I would play, that I would trade. And we talked about that last time, like trading Jay Rich for him with, you know, a pick attack. Well, no, they're probably going to want picks because he's a young player, but I would actually be willing to give up like one of the picks we've acquired in a draft where we have multiple. So it's not like we're, you know, not going to have any picks for that year. But in some of the draft capital we'd acquired, I wouldn't mind trading Jay Rich for him. But also, I don't want to trade Jay Rich, as I've mentioned many times. I know he's had some struggles in these past couple of games, but I still love what he brings to the table. I think that would be more like we'll evaluate that at um, the trade deadline. You know, if the yeah. Spurs are really on a losing streak and it's looking like, you know, there's there's no shot at really being competitive, um, I, that would be a trade I wouldn't mind. Like giving up some draft capital and attaching yeah. to Rich. I wouldn't mind that either. Yeah. At the end of the day, we, we're probably just going to go after draft capital, though, if we want to be honest. Yeah. Like the right. team itself. Right. And that's why you could say maybe there's a chance with Cam Thomas because he's a young player that would kind of fit their their mold. But like still, I think mostly they're going to, like you said, they're, they're going to go after draft capital. But if they don't, it would be a young piece, you'd think. But maybe not. Yeah. Let's see what Aaron has to say. Opinion. Should we go for a point guard or a center as a young piece slash free agent? Not going through the draft. Hmm. Mm. I was thinking about this earlier today. Sorry, go ahead. Okay. No, I was just going to say that like the, the the interesting part about this is is like one the Spurs like to use all their draft picks. <laughs> like it, that's that's the problem. They like to go through the draft. Um mm-hmm. So, in my opinion, I would say I think I would like to go a little bit more free agency just from what I've seen from Devin and Keldon. I still want to have at least like one pick in each round, but if we have like multiple picks, in you know the first round or the, or the second round maybe you could you know trade out of one of those for even more draft capital um down the line and and go for you know a piece in free agency but the thing is it's interesting because like two years ago they did get zach collins and doug mcdermott you know what i mean and obviously that's not necessarily like a superstar or anything but i think what aaron's talking about in this question wouldn't be necessarily like a superstar maybe center this year if you want to move off of Jakob and try to upgrade but I feel like Jakob's just fitting this system so well that that's not something they necessarily want to do and then whenever it comes to point guard you got to feel like Blake Wesley is next up right which would tell me that they would probably just draft another young player to be the third stringer or you could bring in a vet but at the same time that's not like really a big splash which is what I feel like kind of Aaron is asking about a little bit more 
Mm. What are your thoughts on that, Ethan? I was just thinking about this earlier today as far as potential stars that will eventually be free agents that I could see them moving to a team like San Antonio, you know, based on their personality mm-hmm. and maybe they're a right. third option or second option right now. They're looking to kind of, you know, open their wings and be that number one guy. The first guy I thought of who's not going to be actually available. That's a good point. Eric. That's true. It's, it's hard. He's not going to be available till 2026 is bam at a bio. Interesting. Um, I would love to bring him in as our starting center. I think he would be terrific, be a star for us because in Miami, I don't. He could play with our role too, like or like with the space and pace we've been playing with. He's a defensive-minded center. I think he's got a much better offensive game than how it's being used in Miami currently. I'd love to see him on our team, but again, not available till 2026. I think it will really come down to who we select in this upcoming draft. Because if we are as bad as most people think we're going to be by the time the season ends, we're going to have a top five pick, probably even top three. And if we draft Victor Wimbanyama, that means he'll be looking for a point guard possibly to fill out the depth um, in free agency. And if we draft Scoot Henderson, we'll probably be looking for a big man come free agency time, especially if Jakob decides to leave because his contract is expiring. So it really Mm -hmm. comes down to what the front office wants to do with our next lottery pick if it is a lottery pick, which pretty much everybody in the world thinks it will be. <laughs> That's another thing. Just I, I want to get to some other comments because MEZ had s- some interesting names also that I saw in there that I didn't think of. Um, but before we get to that, I feel like these last three games have kind of toned us down a little bit. Like not in it, not to say that we were out here like the Spurs are going to win the chip or anything, but for a second there when they were five and two, I think me and you, like it, even it you looked were talking like about it, you were like, I'm starting to question like if this losing is going to continue, right? Um, but I, I think I these last three games, yeah, no, right. But I, I think everybody was a little bit, right? And, yeah. and I think that still what we were talking about earlier, I think at the end of the day, these teams have more talent for sure. But also I think that the rhythm thing, that Adrian talked about a little bit earlier is something that plays a part as well too. Like if none of these injuries happen, if the whole primo thing doesn't go down, not to say that they're not going to be five and five, but maybe they're like six and four or seven and three or something. Um, You know, I still think that's a tough ask against the teams you play, but I think if none of that stuff happens, I think that genuinely the, the Clippers and the Toronto game go very differently. Um, but another thing that MEZ mentioned earlier, this is an interesting name, Terrence Mann. Mm. That that's something I, I really like. He's kind of a you know a modern like he can kind of play the one through three. He had to play make last year. Um, you know he came in and into the league as kind of more of a shooting guard. But he had to play make for the Clippers a little bit last year. Um, and he's six five, you know, physical, so he can kind of still play that off ball role at the three. And he's got that Florida State lineage, you know, so. He would have that. I believe him and Devin played together when they were in college, even if they didn't. You know, a lot of those Florida State guys kind of have that same, you know, mentality and drive when they play. I like a lot of things that these if you go look at Florida State players around the league, those dudes are are tough, good players, whether it's Patrick Williams, Devin, Terrence Mann, a lot of these young guys that they play real physical and, and, and a lot of them, they're good shooters, too. So and they usually play great defense, like at minimum, they are solid three and D guys. So. You love to see that. Um, I think that's a really good. That would be one that I think would honestly that might be a little bit more gettable even than like Cam Thomas. Yeah, if they would take Doug and and Jay Rich probably straight up, I think that would I would take that deal. I don't know why they would because I think they do yeah. like Terrence Mann. But if they're just looking for more veteran minded guys that can help them push in the playoffs this year, maybe they'd be willing. Um, but definitely a solid player. 
<laughs> can we sign Miles Bridges? No, we're not going to sign Miles. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. D'Lo, I see you're in here talking about trading for Simmons. And I want to say that you're talking about Ben Simmons. Yeah. And yeah, I know you're saying here, my man, don't let recency bias cloud your judgment, guys. Simmons for the low would be a great move right now. I just completely disagree. I, you see my hat. I'm an LSU fan. I watched him in college. It, he, I, I'm not a believer in Ben Simmons. I'm just not. Um, and I feel like his his body language and everything. I, we talked about this last time. Like I feel like everything about his personality and the way he acted. Somebody in the comments said it last time. Like it's kind of like the anti spur. Um, I understand what you're saying. He's still super young. Has a lot of potential. And I know that the Spurs are kind of it. Like they're in the position where they could take him on. But I just don't think even like Pop's going to fix him. I just really think that he is, I, I think he's going to get bounced around. And I don't know how much longer he's going to be in the league if he keeps playing the way he does. And I know that Brooklyn is a crap show, but like it's, he what? He didn't play for like two years, right? Or was it just a year? He didn't play for an entire year. Right. And then, and, yeah. And that was in the aftermath of his abysmal playoff performance where Collapse. where he didn't like i watched that live too like i was with friends watching that and we were just like and and i have another friend and he's like an auburn fan so we talk about sec stuff sometimes even basketball right and and he was just like you know talking about ben simmons and i i, I i've said this so many times on sspn not to go on a ben simmons rant but like it it we don't own him. Like LSU fans are like, don't talk about him. He didn't, he's the bad memory. Like he's the bad number one prospect. Like I don't, Shaq and Pete Maravich went here and Cam Thomas did too, but, and Darius Days. Darius Days has a more positive impact on the LSU basketball program than Ben Simmons. That is what I will tell you. And so. And yeah. Ben Simmons was never an MVP candidate. Yeah. I'm pretty yeah. sure. Maybe I'm wrong. If you can find an article that shows that he was, I, I, I mean, he never averaged more than I don't think 15 points a game. I don't know if if he he was, he was putting up less he, than Dejounte numbers. I know. That. I don't. I don't think that that he will be like. I don't. I don't remember that. But his it, ceiling it, used to be MVP. People right, thought that ceiling, he was going yeah, to be as a number one a Magic pick. Johnson, but yeah, hasn't worked out yet. I I'm I'm, I'm a little more of that. I'm a little more of a of a believer in Ben Simmons. Because uh, you, you haven't watched him like I have. That. I apparently I, have, I, I'm, I don't have any personal relationship <laughs> at all. I, with, it's, I, but that was he, more of a joke. <laughs> his game. I've always liked his game. Um, even in Philly, I remember when he dropped forty on the Spurs when Joel Embiid was hurt. You know, I, I've always thought that he's a good player. It's just his personality that is anti-Spur. If he was, if he had the personality of a Jay Rich. He'd be the perfect spur, but because of his mental collapse and from all accounts saying that he was a diva in Philly, I just don't think Pop wants to deal with it. Um, but still, logically, if I'm the GM for the Spurs and it's just Jay Rich and Doug McDermott and that's all it's going to take for me to get Ben Simmons and we're not going to win this season, sure, why not? Because even if he sits out for the entire year because he's hurt, we're just going to be even worse. And that just tells me that we're all in on team tank and we'll get the number one pick possibly. So I'm not against it necessarily, but I do understand where you're coming from and where a lot of fans would be very upset if we did trade for him, especially if we're going to give up two guys that want to be in San Antonio for a guy who can shoot. Yeah. And I can shoot for a guy that might be something good, but will more than likely not want to be in San Antonio. So 
but I see I, 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 yes i and I, I see that's what i want to say too like i see what you're saying because there's a chance like maybe he gets in like a non like terrible situation obviously there's yeah. some toxicity in in uh philly but the other thing that i want to remember too like brett brown was in philly and like yeah. didn't him and ben simmons not have the best relationship i think that i don't think that they did i remember listening yeah, so to the that's JJ, what i'm saying too the jj reddick podcast but it is a mental thing i will say that he does have all the talent sorry to yes. interrupt you, but i no, want I, I agree with them easy here like it is it is a mental thing i will 1, say that, it's that he definitely has a lot of natural talent um but what I would say here, D'Lo, because you're saying, you know, couldn't hurt, especially because we lost our point guard of the future. I would say that's now Blake. And I know that Ben Simmons was the number one pick and y'all may call me crazy, but I'd rather just roll with Blake Wesley. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. if, and, 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 and then if we suck, just like get Scoot or Eamon Thompson, like or uh, Sir Thompson. There's a lot of guards in this draft too, you know? Yeah. So as far as his relationship with Brett Brown, the only thing I know is I listened to the JJ Reddick podcast a lot. Mm-hmm. And when he, when he had a um, Jimmy Butler on Jimmy and JJ talked about how they would have team meetings and the whole meeting would be about Ben and Ben would be there. It'd be Jimmy, Ben, Joel and JJ pretty much. And like, they'd be watching tape and it would be a tape full of Ben Simmons messing up or not doing what he was supposed to do but nobody would say a word because they were all scared of they were, they were babying Ben Simmons basically. So nobody was calling him out. And Jimmy was talking to JJ, like why, because why would on earth would I ever go to one of those meetings again, if we're not going to confront the issue and just baby him? Like that's basically what he was saying. Well, It's like, also it's film review. Like everybody gets called out in film review. That's how you get better. I don't, I don't, yeah. Like, why are they babying him in the first place? And this is the type of conversation where it's like, we're having this conversation about him. I don't think he's going to do well in San Antonio because, you know, Pop's never going to do that stuff. He's going to get called out real quick. Well, no. And if he doesn't go back for a, a, a you know, a ball like we saw with Lucas Samanich, even on, or if you don't go back on defense and like do some of the stuff that he's been doing on film for the past times that we've seen him on, on the court, like you get cut. Yeah, it's high risk. It, it's 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 one of those it's a it's a stock that if you buy it you're either going to be so happy in a year or you're going to lose your wallet like you're like oh god why on earth would i do that it's such a horrible thing i can't believe we did that um but for d lo's argument mez does say he, he played his best under Brett. he Brown. did so he there you go did. that and that is a connection there um and i do like like i said it, it's it's all just like the mental stuff and the attitude stuff yes. because also he's a for like he's from australia like the spurs have a lineage there matt nielsen you know, one of our assistant coaches is the national or he was the national. I believe he might still be the national coach for Australia in the yep. Olympics. So, yeah, <laughs> Aaron, Aaron has a different view. He says that Aldridge will be better for San Aldridge now would be better for San Antonio than Simmons. Now. Oh, oh, man, oh, that's a that's a good one, Aaron. That's a good one. <laughs> but I do get the, the argument that if you bring him right. here, there's no media, really. He's not going to be. You it know, would be the least for not toxic place he's been in. Yes, and it would be completely open. You know, everybody on our team, pretty much except for Sohan, is is a knockdown shooter at this point. So just space the floor for him. We don't have a big that's going to dominate the post like Embiid. You know, KD doesn't need to take twenty shots. Maybe it would work. You know, logically, but we're still thinking about it from basketball perspective. When the right. issue is not basketball, right? It's his mentality and his yeah. mental health. So, but. 
Our man, the cold chai latte, says that this is Devin Vassell's team. Mm. Could be. He, he's look. He's looked really good in these last two games. I mean, he was the one who said we hoop in this year, and right. he like the way I've said this a million times, but I'll say it again. The way he's been taking people off the dribble this year, the confidence that he has now, the handles he has now. I mean, he's playing like he's determined. He he's got his bag has increased significantly. He is much more than he is now a creator and not just a three and D, you know, solid young guy. Couldn't have said it better myself. Yeah. Well, any final comments on this SSPN live, Ethan? Any any other stuff you want to talk about? It's going to be a rough week. Just keep your nose <laughs> yeah. down and, and look for the improvements because hey. I'm sure they they are there. <laughs> we'll do we'll do it live. Usually we do this afterwards, but we'll do it for the people. And I don't even think about this. Mm. We should have done this always. What games are we going to be uh, able to do post games for? Monday. I can do Monday tomorrow. Okay. I can do tomorrow as well. What's the next one? Wednesday. Mm-hmm. I can do Wednesday. Okay. I can do Wednesday too. Wait, but did we not want to do the Monday one because it's eight thirty and you got to go? Oh to work? yeah. Yeah, I'm we'll not do that. That's, do Monday. that's why we're doing this live tonight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so you want to do Wednesday and Friday? Yeah, I can do that. Okay. Oh, cool. wait, Friday? You got stuff going on? Probably. Okay. I think I have well, we'll, family coming in. We'll, we'll, fit a, we'll fit a live in at some point, whether it's this time next week or something. But y'all be in the post game on Wednesday for sure. That's the one that I think we – I think you would agree, Ethan. That's the one we probably have the best chance to win. Um so I guess that kind of works out, but it'll probably still be an L, unfortunately. Hopefully, Jaw doesn't go too crazy, um, and we can see some good things from from the young guys in that one. Mm, okay, I, I agree. Sorry, I just got a text from somebody. <laughs> yes. You're good. 100%. Oh, my gosh. I don't know. Okay, what was I going to say? I don't know why. I was. I thought I saw something in the comment. I don't know what this means, Adrian, but, I, but I'm going to put you up here. Devin Hoopin, Team Ant. Ain't. <laughs> Ain't or team ant. Team ant. <laughs> team ant is in freaking Anthony Edwards. Mm. Private unknown says we have two killer wings, which is really good. You'd love to see what, what Keldon and Devin have seen. Clippers have that dream once. It's so true. Yo, let's go, private. Hey, at the end of the day, Kawhi was scared last week. No matter what he says, he didn't want to come to San Antonio and play Keldon and Devin. It doesn't matter that they won. He was scared. And Paul George is having to carry him. So I feel so bad for Paul George. I like Paul George. I know. No, Michelle Beadle was talking about that on the broadcast. Okay, final note. Then we'll wrap this thing up. Uh, Michelle Beadle was talking about this on the broadcast. She was like, Imagine you're Paul George. You're saying all the right things. I'm going to be number two. I'm coming here with Kawhi. He just won a chip with the freaking Raptors basically by himself. Like, and that's a little bit of an exaggeration. He definitely had some pieces, but. They don't win that championship or even get close to contending without him. Um, yeah. And and so, like, you know, like when you came in, like I thought the Clippers were going to be really good too. I was like, this is – and they've wanted to play together forever. And it's just still, man, he doesn't want to get on the court. I don't know what it is. He's hurt. Yeah. Just only wants to play in the playoffs. Don't forget to like and subscribe, <laughs> y'all, if y'all enjoyed the SSPN content. And – uh you know, if you don't like Kawhi Leonard because he did the Spurs dirty, go ahead and follow us on Twitter at SSPN on YT. You can watch the show there at Jude McLaren at Ethan underscore Quintero to stay updated with all the show's news, even if it's 15 minutes before you go live. That's what I did today. Sometimes that's how it works out, but stay tuned, put the notice on and you'll see all that stuff. We appreciate you guys. Thanks for watching SSPN. We'll catch y'all in the next one. <laughs>